Well, welcome back to the big broadcast. Everyone's excited. I know the listeners are excited. I'm getting messages from the uh, 897 Airnet listener line as well. My guest on the line is the incomparable in- investigative journalist, one of the last of a breed, the incredible Greg Palace. Greg Palace, welcome to the big broadcast, sir. Glad to be with you. Man, the I- best days. Well, you know what? It's been such a, a great time every other time we've spoken. We haven't spoken, uh, I believe, since uh, August now. A lot has happened since then. Of course, Steve Donzinger has been sent to prison. I, I, I played a clip for the listeners a few moments ago about, with your interview with uh, Steve, uh, part one of that series you did um, the day he was sentenced. Uh, and he began his sentence, and then he was sent home. He's been sent home now. But he's, still ba- he's back under house arrest. Yes, so what's happened? Steve Donziger, for those of you who are just tuning in, uh, is a human rights lawyer. Um, uh, Here's a guy who went to Harvard Law School with Barack Obama, who was a friend of his. And unlike Obama or others in his class, he didn't go into politics or try to cash in big time and make the big bucks. Instead, he spent his entire career working pro bono for the COFAN indigenous people of the Amazon rainforest in Ecuador. And for one reason, these people have been poisoned, their villages and lands destroyed, and when I say poisoned, that ain't no joke, uh, in the Amazon by Chevron's Texaco unit, uh, by Texaco Oil, which is part of Chevron. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned that he's in, he just got let out of prison. Not Chevron, but the lawyer took them on in a U.S. prison. That's right. So here's the story very briefly. What happened was that um, the natives, the indigenous people, the Kofan of Ecuador, sued Chevron for the poison, the murder, the the destruction in the Amazon. And after many years of trial um, with top scientists and experts brought in by Donziger, an Ecuador court ruled that uh, Chevron had to pay. $9.5 $9.5 billion to clean up the mess in the Amazon. Now, you have to understand that's actually a pretty low number. It was $18 billion, but uh, Chevron got it knocked down. Okay, that's the law. But here's the deal. Chevron never paid a penny. Never paid a penny. Instead, they went after Steve Donziger and sued Donziger in a New York court. It was completely... It, it's unbelievable. And... Um, and tried to get his documents, the names of his whistleblowers. Why is he in prison? Because Chevron demanded that he turn over his uh, turn over his computer and cell phone to Chevron mm-hmm. uh, to see if he's hiding money from them because he was ordered to pay Chevron's fees. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, which, I, 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 which I, I, by the way, they yeah. And so what happened was is that uh, he couldn't turn over his phones and, and computer to Chevron Corporation because. He, um, that would give away the names of whistleblowers, natives, and they could kill people in, in Ecuador. They wouldn't just hunt, they could hunt them down and kill them. So he refused, and, a, and a, he was then found in criminal contempt. This has never happened in American history, ever, ever. A, uh, an American lawyer found in criminal contempt in a U.S. courtroom by a right-wing freako judge named Kaplan, uh, who, by the way, is now facing um, himself um, charges of, um, of massive judicial impropriety filed by the, the nation's top expert in judicial impropriety uh, from Harvard Law School. And, in fact, the case of Chevron versus Donziger is taught as a case of judicial misconduct 
at Harvard Law. Well, but again, the conduct is still there. So that yeah. that that part is the the freakiest part. Now you know when we talk about, uh, I, I want to go back a bit now to the beginning of this because for the yes. for the listeners, Canadian listeners know about tailings ponds. Okay, we just had a yeah. ruling they were discussing here in Canada a, a few weeks ago about how they want to now allow for the effluent from tailing tailings ponds. You know, it's clean enough. It should be able, they should be allowed to re, you know let it flow into the Athabasca River. There is uh, more than a trillion liters of of this effluent in tailings ponds across can uh, across Western Canada primarily, uh, in in what is what we know as the tar sands. What you and I are talking about here is the tyranny of the extraction industry. I mean, we have First Nations in Canada right now that have watched their water get poisoned. They have watched their children get sick with cancers, very much like what yeah. we saw in Ecuador. So we in Canada, you know, we know about this stuff. But Right, so exactly. So the point is, is that Chevron wants to make sure, wants to make absolutely sure that lawyers like Donziger don't ever take them on. So they want to destroy any lawyer that goes after mm-hmm. them. By the way, the, the COFAN, because they've won their judgment, but Chevron's refused to pay, and it removed all its assets from Ecuador, literally snuck them out, yep. which is a crime in itself, by the way. You try to hide. See, it's funny. They're saying that they're hiding, that Donziger's trying to hide assets from them. That's exactly, exactly what uh, Donziger hasn't. He's opened up all his bank mm-hmm. accounts. He says, here, I'm bankrupt. Here, this is all my money. But Chevron proudly told me, because I met with them, Proudly told me that they snuck all their assets out of Ecuador. So they deliberately, what they're accusing Donziger of doing, which they said is a racketeering crime, what they're accusing Donziger of doing, mm-hmm. and what the courts have sentenced him to prison for, six months in prison, just so you know. And by the way, the good news, after 60 Nobel laureates, Harvard Law School, and by the way, uh, Harvard Law, almost every Harvard Law School student, graduate, has said that they will not work for Chevron or its oil companies. Or it's oil, uh, oil company lawyers, law firms. Right. Um, after the massive outpouring internationally, and by the way, the United Nations Human Rights Commission Judicial Panel, which studied this case for two years, have ruled, ordered the United States to release Stephen Donziger. Yep. So finally, the despite with resistance from the Biden administration, by the way, yeah, uh, this is not just a Trump deal, but yep. the Biden administration. Um, the prison system refused to hold Donziger. They said, we can only hold people in a federal prison who are dangerous. And Harvard law graduates who are human rights lawyers are not dangerous. So they sent him home. He still is under house arrest and has to wear an ankle bracelet mm-hmm. for the rest of the six months. So about uh, uh, four more months, uh, four months of this nonsense. But you have to understand, he's also, the judge put him under house arrest for three years. This has never happened in American history. Before trial, and understand that the contempt of court charge on which he was found guilty, supposedly, mm-hmm. which is being which is nonsense charge, um, it's only a misdemeanor. <laughs> you know, it's like well, if that though, I mean, the 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 yeah. main reason they found him in contempt was because he was trying to appeal. I mean, th- th- this is how weird yeah, this law is. No, so so exactly. that was the thing. So he gets found. Oh, well, you got to turn over your work. Uh, product which is what they basically the courts were advising this lawyer he needs to turn over his work product listeners so that the the party on the opposite side if you will can have access to all of his work documents as greg as greg said it gets worse well i know it gets worse i'm trying to here's here's the worst here's the worst and the worst 
And this is a very dangerous thing because of, uh, you know, if there's a bad habit in America, uh, the virus travels to Canada quickly, is um, Chevron prosecuted Donziger. It's the first corporate prosecution Mm -hmm. in American, criminal prosecution in American history. Now, how did this happen? Even the Trump Justice Department would not prosecute Donziger for contempt. They Mm -hmm. thought this was ridiculous. So the judge ordered the United States taxpayers to hire Chevron's law firm, I kid you not, to prosecute Donziger. This has never happened in American history where a corporation's law firm prosecutes one of the whistleblowers, one of their attackers, and certainly a, a lawyer for, uh, for the other side. But this is to make an example of Donziger forever. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, that, and now the co-fan and Donziger from prison and now from his home imprisonment um, is having Canadian lawyers trying to uh, collect for the co-fan who won their case, Mm -hmm. collect for the co-fan in Canada because you have Chevron assets, uh, obviously, in the tar sands and and elsewhere throughout Canada. Mm -hmm. So as Chevron poisons Canadians, uh, they want to make sure that you don't have the legal firepower. They don't want to create a precedent where you can actually collect money from these uh, from these uh, mass poisoners. Mm-hmm. It's quite it's a- astonishing. But you know, it could be. Now, I will say, um, uh, one of your past prime ministers, I believe it, Christian, actually uh, um, retweeted <laughs> uh, retweeted a uh, comment to read my material on this case. So you do have some people. Some of your Canadian officials are not completely brain dead, but don't count on it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, don't count on on uh, the, uh, the the petrocracy uh, run by Trudeau. Um, you know, well, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, anti, I, I, uh, you know, greenhouse. You know, anti- I want to talk to I want to talk to you about that if we can, just yeah. sort of as an aside, because you know Trudeau got elected with all his fanfare. Everyone thought he was going to be you know the, the, this great new leader, and Canada was going to go off in a new direction, and. And what does he do in, in his first term? He buys a pipeline. I mean, you know, for, for all of the, the, the flash and, and, and pomp and ceremony, if you will, uh, there really has been little substance in terms of how Canada is, is dealing with greenhouse gas emissions. This is why I wanted to, and I sent this to, to, yeah. to Nicole, I think, I wanted to bring up the Westwood and First Nations in B.C., because Coastal mm-hmm. GasLink Pipeline is, I mean, when I look at what's happening with Coastal GasLink and the Wetswood and First Nation in B.C., uh, the parallels to this case against the, uh, uh, the, the SOCAN in, uh, in uh, uh, Ecuador are, are amazing. The parallels are amazing. We have the Royal Canadian Mounted Police acting as, uh, as Pinkerton strike breakers, essentially. I, I mean, all I can think of was Ludlow while I'm watching what's the RCMP are doing in, in Wetswood and First Nation. Have you seen any of that? Uh, yes. Well, in fact, you know, there is nothing new in the sun. And, and, and also even Chevron itself. I mean, I was, I've uh, seen there. Uh, I was just uh, on another program on, uh, on Ecuador and Donziger where I was uh, talking to a filmmaker who had been hired by Chevron to, to try to do a kind of Potemkin village. Look how pretty and nice and kind we are in our operations in Nigeria. And the guy said he was sickened by what he saw that if he did an honest film, it would be an expose. And he was hired by Chevron. Yeah. And so he was, imagine, he was only shown what Chevron wanted to see, and he was still sickened by it. So 
So it's not like, like the Ecuador case is lone and by itself. I was down in, in and by the way, it comes home to Louisiana and, and America, where mm-hmm. um, Chevron, you know, I, I remember um, after the Deepwater Horizon, which I've done uh, oh. stories on, you remember pe- people have to understand that Chevron is a partner of British Petroleum. Mm-hmm. And uh, 17 months before the Deepwater Horizon exploded, there was an identical blowout in the Caspian Sea. I That's covered right. this for yep. Channel 4 television. For those who don't know my work, you can see the story of Donziger. You can see the story of Chevron at gregpalast.com. So my name, G-R-E-G-P-A-L-A-S-T. And, um, I, you know, and, and Chevron knew that the methods that they were using in the Gulf with British Petroleum mm-hmm. in the Gulf of Mexico that led the Deepwater Horizon to explode, which is using something called quick-dry cement, yep. uh, that that led to the disaster in the Caspian Sea. But it was covered up by a brutal police state, uh, an oil uh, state of Azerbaijan, where the oil companies um, um, are run it. In fact, one of the police, I was arrested there doing an investigation. And one of them actually said, one of these guys proudly, who was in the secret police, said proudly, uh, this nation is run by British Petroleum. And he said it as if I should think that that's a very good idea. So it, it, <laughs> as we say, so we, are, we have to be concerned about what happens to Stephen Donziger, the yes. lawyer for the Copan natives, because we have to, because in the end, as one Alaskan native told me uh, when I was investigating the Exxon Valdez breakup up there, he says in the end, when he was, at the time, because remember, right after the Exxon Valdez um, uh, broke up in Alaska, Mm -hmm. uh, right after that was the Gulf War, which was about oil in 91. And uh, this indigenous leader said to me, an old man, an elder said to me, watching the bombs falling on TV in this remote village. He said, I guess we're all natives now. Yeah. And that's the point. If you think it's just these little brown people that are affected by Chevron and brutalized, and gee, that's the price of oil, baby, you're next because they conquer your government. They own Mr. Trudeau. And that's just the truth of it. And I've seen and especially in Canada, Canada in the end is um, a resource, con- you know, is owned by its resource yep. company. Can, can, can I just can mining I, and everything? Yeah, I'm just. We're just going to pause real quickly. We got to take a quick break. Sure. When we come back, I want to talk about this because I've titled today's program, by the way, listeners, the tyranny of the extraction industry. Because you know, uh, uh, and well, when we go, when we come back from the break, we'll, we'll talk. My uh, my guest on the line is Greg Pallast the renowned investigative journalist, possibly the last, if not one of the last of the great investigative journalists. Actually, there's a few, there's there's a handful of young Turks coming up now, I think, Greg. But uh, so. for, for the yeah. most part, you, you are the eyes for the world. We will be right back. Listeners, I'm Dave Glover. This is The Drive Time, Canada's only holistic political chat. And welcome back, everybody. My guest on the line is Greg Pallast, all the way from the West Coast in California. How's the, how's the weather down there today, by the way, Greg? Well, it's never terrible. (laughs) You know, that's uh, one thing we we do have. We may, so, you know, of course, we are the occupied territories here in California, but uh, at least we, we, we kept the weather here. Well, just before the break, I was uh, there was a couple things I wanted to quickly talk about, but because uh, uh, things just flowing into my head as we're having this conversation, this is the best part of these conversations for me. 
Um, you know, I talked about this law being introduced by Alec and, of course, obviously written by, you know, uh, Coke Industries. They write all of Alex's legislation, let's face it, them and the insurance companies. And I, and I got to thinking, you know, with the Supreme Court of the United States, are, are, are they going to basically allow corp- – I mean, when, can, when, when do you think they're going to give corporations the right to vote, Greg? <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. Under what was called Citizens United, they were claiming that, that somehow corporations are citizens, mm-hmm. citizenship rights. Well, why aren't they voting? Uh, but there's one thing that I, as a citizen, can't do. I can't, uh, I can't hide my donations to candidates. And, and here's the other thing, is that if, if citizens are candidates, gee, how come they can't get their legs blown off in, in Iraq? Um, you know, I've never heard of a corporation uh, in a wheelchair because uh, they were uh, sent off to protect uh, someone else's uh, property. Or, or so, even their own, you know, for that matter. Yeah, or their own. So, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, but we do have a Supreme Court, which is money poised. For years in America and worldwide, there was a great respect for the U.S. Supreme Court as the last bastion of mm-hmm. the law. Now it's the last bastards of the law, the bastardizers of the law. And um, this is a very, this is an unbelievably dangerous, dangerous uh, change. And of course, uh, with the, uh, we had a fifth of our nine uh, so-called justices or injustices today. Amy Covid Barrett or Coven Barrett or whatever she is, and um, this ultra right uh, court. But most important is that they are, as you say, corporate controlled, and mm-hmm. that is the serious and real issue that we have to deal with: is corporate power in our law, in our um, in the judicial system. And and we were talking. We started because I was talking about Stephen Donziger, the human rights attorney, mm-hmm. who was let out of prison, not by a judge, but the prison system said, we don't want this guy in a federal prison. It's for like, you know, like, you know, uh, mass murderers and, and rapists and madmen and, and, you know, uh, you know, criminals, not um, uh, lawyers who've been found in contempt of, uh, of Chevron. And so the court, literally, the prison warden wouldn't keep him. Well, it's interesting. You know that's what? That story is not covered. because like, not justice. That's, and this that's not that, that yeah. part of it isn't mentioned in in the press release from Reuters. I saw a press release from Reuters. Chevron Faux released from prison, and it just says that the attorney for the environmentalists got him sent home. But it it says nothing, nothing at all about how well, the, the prison, prison system. system absolutely no mention of that. They, they objected to putting him in prison. The head of the, the in, in the U.S. when you get sentenced by a judge, and the judge wanted to put him in a terrible prison uh, to punish him, and the prison system has to agree and they said no no no, he's just not dangerous to send him to minimum security but still it's kind of crazy because he's still up there with serious criminals they said, what are you in for he said a misdemeanor they like they're laughing at him um uh, anyway so the, the 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 prison system said this is we're not going to hold this guy we'll hold him at home you know he can he just he'll serve his sentence at home wow this and, sound, that sounds uh, like Alex- why he should be sentenced and by the way, just uh, I want to go back so people understand how serious this is. When we talk about poisoning, it sounds it's very general. I myself, this is Greg Palace again, and, and I'd like you to go see the film I did for BBC Television, uh, which was I don't think it was ever run in Canada, and certainly not in the United States uh, by our so-called public system or as uh, known the petroleum broadcast. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Um, but I went for BBC down to Ecuador to investigate myself. And I found, okay, I met with uh, the, the ch- 
chief of the Cope band, uh, in the, I had to take a dugout canoe and everything out to find his village in the Amazon. There was Chief Criollo. His son had gone, three-year-old son had gone swimming in a lagoon, which was kind of, it was shiny and looked nice. What he didn't know is that the shine was from uh, oil residue. He went swimming, came up coughing blood, and died in his father's arms. His older son, then, uh, I think he was about seven years old, died of childhood leukemia, which is rampant around the sludge pitch pits, which, you know, in Canada and the U.S., they're at least required for these tailings and mines and sludge pits from uh, drilling and tar sands. Supposed to, they're supposed to be lined pits, and they're supposed to have, you know, like, you know, walled off so the public can't get near them. Well, by the way, this was not a sludge pit that was supposed to be a pit. This was just, because remember, the Amazon is like this swampy area, so oil gets out and it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So everything is a sludge pit. And, and this guy, the chief, I went with him to file the suit, you know, and people were making fun of him, even in Brazil, because he's, you know, he's naked from the waist up, he's wearing feathers and war paint and all this, and he's filing a lawsuit, because, you know, to him this is a very serious, important thing, and, and, uh, and they're laughing until this guy, Stephen Donziger, this wonderful human rights lawyer, won this case. And, but, of course, Chevron is attempting to get out of it. But here in Canada, you can join the, the fight because um, the attorneys in Canada for the co-fan who work with Donziger are trying to get Chevron to pay up what they were ordered to pay in Ecuador. You know, they charged Donziger with hiding money that he supposedly owed mm-hmm. Chevron for the legal fees. By the way, they spent one... I don't know how much they spent the legal fees. One billion dollars. Now you think for one billion dollars, we can just clean up the Amazon a bit. You know, just help, just pay the people that you've killed, that you poisoned. That's yeah. no joke. When I say I don't use that term, killed, murdered. Poisoned. No, no, no. We, you know, I, just polite. You know, just just off the top of nope. my head. This is serious investigative stuff mm-hmm. that I reported for BBC and the Guardian. Well, and and, and um, just and it, you know, instead of this, but they'd rather spend a billion dollars. Yeah. To make an example of Stephen Donziger, that he's in prison, they take away his license, all that stuff, and they're going to do that to your Canadian lawyers too. Oh, I they're going to attempt it. Absolutely. Traction companies. Yep. I don't know if, if uh, on I think maybe on your program we brought up your wonderful company Barrett Goldmine. Yep, last time around we did. Marauder, uh, marauders of the worst order, and so look, in Canada you don't always export the poisonings. You don't always export the killings. And you don't always export the thievery. Mm-hmm. It, it always comes back home. So well, it's it's it's, it's interesting you say that too, because you know I used to work in the in the I used to be an investor relations guy. So I used to work in the junior mining sector a decade ago. And what you're talking about is is so prevalent in the industry. I remember talking to them because again we don't a lot of our mining companies Canadians uh, Canadian companies that are that are registered. They're doing this work abroad. They're registered here in Canada. They're 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 Canadian companies, but that work isn't being done here. It's being done, as you say, it's being done in uh, Central and South America. It's being done in Africa. They've got mines yeah. operating around the world, and they're all operating under the same principle. It's it's all legal until you get caught. That's basically the extraction right. industry's principle. And if right. you get caught, Even projection, get projection. Caught. Because they're accusing Donziger of doing exactly what they're doing, right? That's that's called classic right. projection. In fact, they were proud of it. Uh, Donziger said, I've never hidden a penny from anyone. Chevron's lawyers, in fact, you can go see them on camera. They're actually proud of the fact. Yeah. They told me that 
they they snuck out all of Chevron's assets. They then I said, so all you have left is the desk in your office. It's not even the desk we own, you know. It's like all yeah, yeah. you know, on you know, uh, owned somewhere else. And you know, often the Caymans or wherever they can put it. But uh, well, the one statement they made to you was, well, they can't prove it's our oil. How how can they prove it's our oil? I, rem- oh, I'm, oh, yeah. I well, remember that scene. I'm like, what the yeah, hell? So what happened is, is like, first of all, they said that crude oil doesn't cause cancer. Yeah, uh, you're kidding. Uh, then uh, and then you have to prove it's our oil. But then Chevron, in its own documentation, its own documentation, mm-hmm. admitted that it uh, dumped 16 billion gallons of sludge into the Amazon. And in addition, if you the reason one of the reasons that you, it might be difficult saying that pit is from their, their nearby drilling and their dumping is I have, and I have it on my website, and you can read it, eight letters written in English and Spanish mm-hmm. by the Jefe de la Junta de Taxaco. In other words, the, the president of, uh, of the, the chairman of the board of Texaco's, um, uh, the Chevron unit, um, who actually said, find all documents related to dumping of sludge and destroy them mm-hmm. and destroy them is not my word that is literally from the document destroy them destroy them now in the united states and i believe under canadian law too i'm sure that's called obstruction of justice that's a go to prison crime and you know what? It is in Ecuador, too. Mm-hmm. They literally committed a felony crime to cover this up. And then they say, well, hey, you can't find the evidence Prove because it. you destroyed it. Yeah. So, And again, where is the U.S. so-called Justice Department? Where is the Biden administration? Well, and by the way, I just got a message that uh, within uh, just, you know, within the last hour, uh, Britain has agreed to extradite Julian Assange. I want. I wanted to mention that to you. That was something else I was going to bring up. The extradition, the decision by the yeah. British courts. They basically said, "Well, we we believe the U.S. government. The U.S. government says they're not going to mistreat him, so we we don't have any reason to doubt that." Well, first of all, <laughs> not mistreat him. We're talking about the imprisonment of a publisher for mm-hmm. publishing truthful, legitimate documents. And I have to tell you, the another publisher that published the same document, which they got from Assange, the Guardian, the New York Times, and the the New York Times, they actually got awards for publishing the document that Assange passed on to them from uh, the the brave and wonderful um, whistleblower Chelsea Manning, mm-hmm. and. So literally, you're talking about an, a journalist publisher. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, by the way, it doesn't matter whether you like Julian Assange, dislike Julian Assange, there's all these accusations against him. It doesn't matter. He was a publisher who took something important and made it public, mm-hmm. exposed, exposed war crimes. And i got to tell you, I told you about that, how Chevron and BP covered up a deadly blowout in the Caspian Sea. Yep. I got I I got that from a whistleblower in the Caspian. I went there, but I got it confirmed by the WikiLeaks documents released by Julian Assange from Chelsea Manning. So I as a journalist for BBC television, for The Guardian, 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, and a lot of these programs, by the way, went on CBC, too. Yeah, no, I, and, 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 I, and, I, yet, I, and yet I'm not in prison. No. Nope. CBC editors aren't in prison. The owners of the Guardian aren't, aren't in prison. Just Julian and just Julian Assange. Well, and and I want to adjust. If, yeah. if I could just interrupt for a second, the thing yeah. that really got me, Greg, about this case is they accused him of releasing the documents unredacted. OK, and, and Julian Assange went out of his way. WikiLeaks went out of their way to ensure that any documents that were released via their format were redacted. The original documents were still on, on their server. The Guardian newspaper actually published the documents unredacted. Nobody at the Guardian was ever called uh, by anybody about this. The U.S. government never said diddly squat. Julian Assange actually, when he heard about this, and this was in testimony, actually contact reached out to Secretary of State Hillary Clinton at the time to tell her that this was going to happen, that the Guardian was going to publish this data, and that she wouldn't take his call. So the very thing he's being accused of, which we now know from testimony did not happen, was was actually done by another publisher, and he you know, the, he's the, the one who's... The whole point of freedom of the press is just that. I'm actually sitting here looking at, at a magazine called The Progressive, mm-hmm. which won a major case in what was the Supreme Court when there actually was a justice. Do you know that the Progressive magazine in the United States actually published the blueprint for a hydrogen bomb trigger? Now, they did that for whatever journalistic reasons. It was, I think, to say, look, if we can get the trigger plans, anyone can. We're Mm -hmm. not safe. But whatever their reason was, they literally took. You couldn't have something more top secret, more top secret than the trigger plans for a hydrogen bomb. And there was a guy named Daniel Ellsberg who was arrested Mm -hmm. because he was uh, a CIA, top CIA officer. Daniel Ellsberg, yep. who was charged with sedition for releasing internal um, military documents about the war in Vietnam. The truth about the war, which is that we were, we were losing it badly. America, Canada, Australia was losing that war. They were losing that war terribly. And he released that document. Now, he was in the military. By the way, he told me he expected to go to prison the rest of his life. But a judge said, in America, we do have freedom of speech. And sorry, if you're not like actually selling documents to a foreign enemy but you're publishing them for the public interest mm-hmm. you can publish whatever the hell you want which is exactly what, what julian assange freedom did of press freedom of press means freedom and by the way julian assange is not american he didn't sign some type of oath like daniel ellsberg actually signed a document saying he would never reveal secrets um, is, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that the reason why the U.S. government said, though, that they could prosecute him? Isn't that why the U.S. said? Because, I mean, I remember at one point, I think it was Barr who actually said, and we're going to go to a quick commercial break after this, but I think it was uh, uh, Attorney General Barr who actually said, well, yeah, you know, First Amendment rights, but, you know, Julian Assange isn't an American, so he doesn't have those rights. On well, that, you know, there, as, uh, yes, I'll, we'll talk after the break. On that note. About 10 more minutes with you. Okay, okay thanks. thanks a lot, Greg. Hold on one minute. We'll be take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back with more of Canada's only holistic political chat right here on Truly Local Radio, Northumberland 89.7. It's politics with passion and more. It's The Drive Time with Dave right. Glover on Northumberland 89.7. And welcome back, everybody. My guest on the line is uh, Greg Paleste, the investigative journalist from uh, the United States. And you can check him. By the way, go to his website, gregpalace.com. That's gregpalace.com. You can find out the films he has. Check out some of the media he's got. You can purchase his book, The uh, uh, Best Government Money Can Buy. 
also the film. That's also a movie. And check out any of these other films, too, about his work in Ecuador, the BBC uh, footage that you were just talking about. And actually, while you and I were talking, Greg, I, I went to the YouTube and I tweeted those out to folks so they can get the links and they can they can uh, follow those uh, appropriately. We were talking about Assange when we went to break, and, and, I, and I mentioned what, what Bill Barr had said. Um, yeah. what's, what's your response to, to that kind of statement? You know, he's not American. He doesn't have those rights. Well, actually, um, Thomas Jefferson, who, who wrote our Declaration of Independence, made a point, and, and the Bill of Rights, with the free, which he's and freedom of speech. It, as the, our Declaration says, these are inalienable rights endowed by the Creator. They're not given by a king, by anyone. They are human rights. Free speech, the right to express yourself, the right of the press to expose government. These are human rights. These are not American rights. And that's very, that's vitally, vitally important. No government and no citizenship status determines whether you as a human have a right to, to speak without punishment. And that's what they're pulling off here. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. We don't have the right to say, well, you're not an American, so you don't get these American rights. Because you know what? As an American, I have the right to hear this information about what the hell my government is doing. Right. The part of freedom of speech is the freedom to hear it, the freedom to read it. It's When we talk about freedom of press, we're talking about freedom to read. That's important, that we get the information that has been exposed. And by the way, because this is information that came from an American, a courageous American um, soldier, and it went back through American media. But if it weren't for Julian Assange, the American media would not have had these stories that they're happy. You know, the New York Times, it made me want to throw up. They were more than happy to see um, uh, Chelsea Manning arrested and imprisoned. Their source for these award-winning stories. They took the award and they send Julian, and, and they were happy to see Julian go to prison. Yep. They're happy to see uh, uh, Manning to have gone to prison. I will say uh, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, was more than happy to uh, step in, and I'm glad to see because I was. I've always been worried about whether they will actually stand up for um, uh, rights when it's difficult to do, mm -hmm. and they are standing up for Julian Assange, as is every reasonable, decent reporter on this planet. And again, it's not about Julian Assange. It's about our right to hear this information about our government, mm -hmm. the right to report. And, um, you know, today the Nobel Prize was given to two journalists who um, suffered prosecution, one in the Philippines, and, and I have to tell you um, that there is no difference whether it's there, you know, somehow we're making, we love to make a distinction that somehow Julian Assange should be exempt from the right to publish as a journalist. That's nuts. Oh, yeah. and, and it's brutal and it's dangerous. And, and, and in Canada, I'm very concerned because on top of the, uh, of the crazy of, of America violating its own concept of freedom of speech mm -hmm. in Canada, you have a horrendous libel law, which are which privatize um, the uh, containment of freedom of speech. I'm very concerned. It's very hard for me to publish stuff in Canada. Oh, you're because right. Because I always have to worry that some corporation mm -hmm. is going to file a lawsuit, and not by the way, because 
and you don't even get like things like the New York Times will cut out articles that you don't even get. And they're pretty that's, benign. That's right. Yep. The Guardian will cut out our articles. BBC will cut articles. Mm-hmm. Believe me, uh, there's stuff we wouldn't publish, um, and um, uh, including my articles about Barrett Gold Mining. Penguin wouldn't publish my book, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy in Canada. True. Again, because of libel. Yeah. This libel laws in Canada are privatized censorship. And there was a great case that was won where my book was cited by a Canadian book, and they got uh, sued called, uh, it was a book called Canada Noir, uh, printed in French. Yep. And um, that they, they won that suit. That was one mighty blow for freedom of expression in Canada. But again, in Canada, it's not imprisonment that you worry about. It's bankruptcy by libel lawyers. Exactly. So you all have... You have your work cut out, and I'm happy to join you in, mm-hmm. in uh, doing that and getting that work uh, well, uh, accomplished. And, and I want to make something clear for the listeners out there that just think, or, well, what do you mean the libel laws are blah, blah, blah? Think about the case, because our libel laws were very similar to those in the U.K. So if you remember the case yeah. of Liberace, who sued the British media because they published stories about him being a homosexual in the 60s and 70s, he actually won that case. Liberace won that libel yeah. case. Okay, and it turns out, yes, of course, he was he was gay. But the reality oh, and is, by the way, Elton John did the same. Exactly, he, he, exactly. He won, and now he's talked about how proud he is to be gay. Yep. But wait, but then you almost put the Guardian out of business. Yep. yep. Because someone wrote something about uh, that 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 you were gay or something mentioned you were gay. You know, like this is <laughs> horrific. And by the way, and and Tom Cruise. Yep. Was he was married to Nicole Kidman? He he uh, sued. A paper and won a judgment uh, when an article said his marriage was in trouble. He got divorced. That judgment, we are barred at the Guardian from saying that that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise's marriage is in trouble. We can't even say that after they divorce. Yeah. No, I get you know it. So this is the it's this insane. is that's the lunacy of libel in Canada because because so the way that's it works is is lunacy. the way it works with libel is we have to prove that what we're saying is true. They don't have to prove that. that and even they, if it's you have to say that it can't be Mr. But here's it, what people have to understand: it's not just that you would win or lose a case; you're bankrupted by the legal fee. Exactly. That's the problem. Exactly. I was sued by Barrick Gold Mining of Canada of Toronto, Peter Monk. Uh, the vicious, uh, the late, and and uh, and unlamented uh, late owner of Barrett Gold Mining, and you know you've got the Monk School of uh, something. I don't know foreign affairs. It's, it's actually a, it's, a, it's actually a foreign uh, affairs. Uh, uh, yeah, the Monk like, School uh, of International uh, Affairs or something along those right. lines. Right, and this is a uh, a guy who uh, just a complete uh, bloodthirsty you know scumball, and um, uh, who I exposed and sued me, but I got them to back off. Um, and uh, because I was able to at least publish in the U.S., even mm-hmm. though they threatened in the U.S. as well. First Amendment. Um, and, and thank you, Bianca Jagger, for helping me on that case. But here's the thing. It's very difficult. Uh, I have a foundation, the Palace Investigative Fund, which pays for the lawyers to protect us, and not many journalists have that. And also you get problems where, you, where you're um, – I remember uh, you had a journalist in Canada, Mark McKinley, who was going to take on Barrick, but, you know – he knew that his career would be on the line mm-hmm. if he reported the wrong thing, you know, and uh, and that was for the Toronto Star. So that's he, you know, his stories. Uh, he self spiked. That's the other thing is that journalists will stop themselves from yeah. printing things that will 
get their papers sued and kill their careers. Yeah. So it's a very, you know, you begin to internalize the censor. Well, I've been pontificating enough. I will see you at greggpalace.com, G-R-E-G-P-A-L-A-S-T.com. And I love this program. I want people to buy all your cat food and dog food. We just talked about it. I want to figure out how All to creatures, great and small. Down. That's right. We'll have to yeah, figure well, out. You know, it, You're going to yeah. have to email me your address so that I can speak to our sponsor and see if we can't get some stuff sent to you in L.A. there, Greg. Yeah, no, I'm happy to pay for it because, you know what, <laughs> this is important. Well, one last comment. I want to ask you. I want, I, I want to ask you one last thing, and I know you're pressed. Anthony Blinken tweeting out uh, uh, during the Summit for Democracy. Media freedom plays an indispensable role in informing the public, holding governments accountable, and telling stories that otherwise would not be told. The U.S. will continue to stand up for the brave and necessary work of journalists around the world. That's what the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, had to say two days ago. Listen. And then and so, today, so I assume that therefore he's going to he's going to recommend that uh, that there be no prosecution of Julian Assange or Stephen Donziger. Well, let's, Great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm waiting. Anthony, hey, Tony, we're waiting. We're waiting, Mr. Blinken. Okay. Thanks again, okay. uh, Greg Palast. Always a pleasure, man. I will reach out to you again, and we will have you back soon, I hope. Have yourself a happy holiday. Merry Christmas, and, and, and hopefully a new year. Great, great new year. You too. Bye. Bye-bye now.